Welcome to Improving Sales Performance, a podcast highlighting tips and insights aimed at helping sales organizations realize and maybe even exceed their goals. Here, we chat with thought leaders, experts, and gurus who have years of sales experience from a wide range of industries. This season, we are celebrating Women in Sales Month by talking to some amazing women sales pros. Joining me for the entire month of October is Stephanie Downs, SVP and Senior Consultant at the Center for Sales Strategy. She'll be sharing her insights along with our fabulous guests. I'm your host, Matt Sunshine, Managing Partner at the Center for Sales Strategy, a sales performance consultant. We're so proud to be celebrating Women in Sales Month. For all of October, we have an amazing slate of women sales leaders who will be sharing their unique insights. From offering advice for sales managers new or more experienced, to discussing the anticipated landscape of sales in years ahead. When it comes to improving sales performance, these ladies know how it's done. I'm Stephanie Downs, Senior Vice President at the Center for Sales Strategy, and I'll be joining Matt Sunshine on the show for the entire month of October. Today, our guest is Kim Guthrie, Division President for iHeartMedia Florida. Kim brings up so many valuable topics, such as the importance of forming developmental relationships with your clients, the importance of building trust with you and being a sustaining resource for your team, and how it's necessary to always be recruiting new talent. Okay, let's jump in. I know we're super excited about this this episode, and uh, so let's just do it, Stephanie. Yeah, sounds good. Um, okay, so Kim, um, years of experience, obviously. So tell me, um, tell me three or four or five things that you look at across the sales organization, or even down to the department level, that you look at on a consistent basis to really know if you're on track from an organizational standpoint. Sure. So uh, we, we happen to use Salesforce at iHeart. So there's all mm-hmm. sorts of metrics. In fact, yeah. they measure lots of things I didn't even know you could measure. But um, <laughs> a couple of the really important, um, you know, I guess, sound bites for me are there's a way of listing activities and opportunities uh, by mm-hmm. salespersons. So you kind of know what's in the pipeline. And if the activities are down or the opportunities are down, so an activity is technically like a, a meeting or an email that you've got um, you know, in process with a prospect or a client. Mm-hmm. And then a, an opportunity is an actual proposal or a, mm-hmm. a pitch to the customer. Yeah. So yeah. if you've got a good number of those two metrics going, then yeah. that's usually pretty indicative of what's going to come out of the other end of the pipe. Yeah. So you've got to have stuff going in to come out. But um, that's a big measure here. Uh, but I think in terms of things that are not maybe if you're not on Salesforce, um, I'm always looking at new business. You know, attrition is something that unfortunately mm-hmm. happens in sales, no matter what what you're selling, but in media for sure. Um, and are you bringing in new business to kind of make up for the attrition? The sure. other thing is I like to see growth from key accounts. So it's one mm-hmm. thing to have a really big mm-hmm. customer, but it's a nice thing to see, you know, how many things are you actually selling to this customer? Are they simply buying broadcast? Are they buying just digital? And I think we've had a uh, pretty good luck um, no matter 
where I've worked. If you have someone buying broadcast plus digital, that yeah. usually is a pretty good sign and uh, is a customer is less likely likely to churn. Um, mm -hmm. And usually it's because they're getting better results when they use that's the right. tools. So I think that's yeah. a huge piece is when yeah. you've got someone that's not just buying one thing, but, but buying a variety of your products, it tends mm -hmm. to work better. Yeah. So those are kind of, I mean, there's a million things, but those are, those are big, big sure. ones. Sure. Well, and I mean, you know, this as well as anybody, there's a ton we could track, right? There's right. a whole lot of things we can look at. It doesn't mean we should look at everything. Yeah. Really, if you're paying attention to three, four or five, that's probably good enough. Exactly. I've often yeah. said just because you can measure it doesn't mean we need that, you know? That's exactly <laughs> right. There are yeah. a lot of things we can measure. But. Yeah. At some point, it just may be too many bells ringing to track everything. Right. You um, know, uh, let me jump in real yeah. quick because it's interesting in doing so many many of these podcasts, we're, we're learning a lot, right? We're learning a lot from people like Kim and experts that are leading mm -hmm. business. One of the things that's come up again and again is pipeline management, right? Understanding the activities, the opportunities, the emails, the, the meetings, and realizing that all of those take place um, that are important. And, and it's different when you talk to um, sometimes sales managers that are just looking at what's pending. And I think there's a big difference between pending management and pipeline management. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up. We're also going to, I think, start measuring the difference between developmental business and transactional business. And both are really important. But I guess the clients I feel like I've had the better relationship with or have felt more of a partner versus just a vendor and I'm speaking more from, you know, the, the, the seller side than the buyer side. But sure. when, I, when I'm just a vendor, I don't I don't like that feeling that it feels very fungible or transactional. And when I'm a partner, I do feel like that's where you develop uh, trust. And it's mm -hmm. beyond just, um, yeah. oh, I came up with a good idea. They bought one time. But really, when they start to see yeah. you as a sustaining resource and a member mm -hmm. of their team, I think that's ultimately uh, th those are the salespeople and those are the clients that truly last for a really long time at the, the ups and downs of the, you know, economic downturn or, um, you know, name a million other reasons. Everything. Ratings go up or down. But yeah. when you really feel like you've got a developmental uh, partnership with someone that's beyond the vendor and you're a resource, that's, that's really key, but it's hard to measure that, you know, that's really subjective. Mm -hmm. Is that transactional or yeah. is that developmental? Well, maybe it started as a, transaction and it turned it turned into you know something beyond that but yeah. it's hard to measure and we're going to try to do that uh going forward in our company It'd be yeah. interesting. It, it is hard to measure i think it's an important measure but it is hard to measure so i'm curious by looking at that i mean i could make some you know observations or assumptions with that but by measuring that are you thinking about how that could impact the organization obviously from a revenue standpoint but are you thinking about making changes in the organization for maybe a sales structure once you learn more of that? Or is it just more to support the cause? What's your thinking with that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think maybe a little of both. Yeah. You want to know how much control do you have over things? And you know, sure. sometimes certain sales are just harder. And so should it be paid more, you know, or, and sometimes maybe a sale is easier and should it be 
compensated accordingly. Sure. I think that's that's yeah. part of it. You know, you, I think CSS has long said, you know, people do what you pay them to do. Yeah. I've said that about a thousand times over my career. Well, you're paying them to do the easy stuff. So why do you expect them to do the, to do the hard stuff? You got to pay them more to do things that are hard. So that's right. it could yeah. be part of that too, is how, how do we align compensation there? Yeah. And we know the developmental businesses, it's hard. It's not always easy. It, it takes more work and there's more steps involved and right. you should reward that. So Absolutely. yeah. So thinking about um, sales leaders and just thinking about the, the managers themselves, what are their, their biggest rocks or their highest priorities day in and day out? Well, I love that talent times manager equals productivity or whatever yeah. that equation is. So, you know, you can have a really amazing sales manager, but if you've got a bunch of C talent as sellers, you know, it doesn't almost matter how great the sales manager is. Uh, we use yeah. a lot of phrases like, you know, it's not about a genius and a thousand helpers. You know, one really good sales manager is not going to be enough to offset really average sales talent. So I'd rather have um, really good sales talent. And I think that's uh, sure. in, really important. Sometimes you can have an A that's turned into a C because they got lazy or they stopped working hard or yeah. whatever, um, yeah. or they got, they just got some really nice accounts and they're all, you know, humming along and then maybe they forget to keep planting the seeds for new business mm -hmm. down the road. But I, I think talent will always, always, always be the most for important sure. thing. And I've always felt that radio salespeople, you know, you're selling an intangible. So that scrappy, kind of mindset that tends to come with the industry is a big piece of what makes radio successful. And, and let's face it, we've had a lot of uh, headwinds over the years and lots of competition and the Spotify's and the Pandora's and yeah. all of the different ways to get music or get content. And so, you know, how do you cut through all that? It, it's really about the salespeople that can figure it out. Can they, can you go in, can you get a good conversation going That's with the right. customer and find out where their pain points are and how we can solve that? Yeah, so I think it still comes down to great people and having the right number of, of smart, you mm -hmm. know, go-getters on your team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt that it's about talent um, and having, you know, the fit part of that, right? The fit for the organization and fit mm -hmm. for the role that they're in. And I think today an added layer on that, it's always been important, but we're we're hearing a lot of this and seeing a lot of it. It's retaining our top talent right. and also recruiting for new talent and making sure that we have you know, really strong talent banks, because there's a lot of ebb and flow with that right now. And I'm, I For suspect sure. you're probably seeing the same thing. Yeah, I think it's, um, I've always kind of been an internally focused manager looking, you know, within my organization, this is what I can affect. And, you know, if the economy's bad, or we're going into a recession or whatever, I, I want to keep my people happy and motivated and held accountable. So it's yeah. a little of both, you've got to retract, but you've got to attract great talent, recruit them, and then keep them motivated once they're here. But I, I've always felt very strongly about a, you know, that this should be a safe haven. You you come home to the station in the old days, I guess now you can work from home, but um, you, you that was supposed to be a place of safety and team and um, feeling supported. And, and again, you know, sometimes we have to have a tough conversation, but accountability comes with that. And it doesn't have yeah. to be negative when you're no. folks accountable. And I think there's always a, that's a, a conflict in a lot of people's heads. Oh, if I say that, that's going to hurt their feelings. Or, yeah. And I, I liken it to being a parent. You know, you don't say <laughs> that right. about your kids. Well, that's I can't right. have that hard conversation. Yeah, you're going to have that hard conversation. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and it doesn't mean I love you any less, but we're going to have the hard yeah. conversation. Yeah. Quite the opposite. It means yeah. I love you more that I actually care enough to that's have right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. 
But it no, is amazing how often people are afraid of having that sort of conversation. Yeah. And therefore, you may get someone who's been around for a long time and they're just kind of mailing it in isn't the right phrase, but they're, they're just not bringing their A game like they used to. And how do you have that conversation? Some managers simply just will not do it. They're like, yeah. I'm just happy they're yeah. showing up. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, they they're not helping their team or their people oh, if they're not having the conversation. But you're right. Accountability is not a negative thing. Accountability is a very positive thing when it's done the right way. Yeah. It should be. But we've yeah. all probably worked for that person who doesn't know how to make it a positive. Oh, boy, we could have an entire yeah. podcast on that alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a podcast. That. That's a therapy session. That's right. That's exactly. PTSD from the old days. So. Yeah. So that, um, you know, taking that conversation of thinking about a really good leader has those conversations. What else does a great leader have? So you're recruiting for a leader in the organization. I mean, what are the things that you're looking at that you know today that a great leader has to do or have skills, talent, experience, sure. all of the above? So for, for me, one of the most important is a sense of positivity. It's really hard right now. It's always going to yeah. be hard. And so yeah. I don't need you to tell me the 15 reasons that this is really hard. I, I, I know what it know. is. Yeah. So positivity, you know, the optimist that will just figure it out. I, I, that's really important, at least in, in my world. That's very important sure. to me. And not just for sales or managers, but just pretty much anybody on the team. I I don't like friendly fire. You know, if there's a, an enemy to be crushed. It's not in the building. It's somewhere else. So let's mm -hmm. go. Let's go beat that, those guys up, not ourselves. So positivity is a big one. I, I love uh, if you're a sales manager, business thinking is absolutely required because you make so many and general management, too, because you're making decisions all day long. And so you just kind of you have to just fire that that way. And some people don't have any sense of that. They don't have a sense of a good deal versus a bad deal or how to eyeball something and see the profitability in it or that this isn't really a good it's a fifteen thousand dollar order, but it has, you know, five thousand of hard costs. Then we have to commission the person. Well, that's that's a really big chunk of that buy. I don't know that I want to take that, but some people don't. They're just not wired that way. So business thinking. Um, I love courage as a, a trait in in people. Yeah. I think you've got because courage is what we talked about earlier. How do you hold people accountable? Yeah. It takes courage to have those hard conversations. Yeah. Or, um, you know, put someone up on a pip and, and we've seen people go on a pip that have come off it and they right. just didn't know they weren't performing. And so there's a kind and very direct way to have that conversation without destroying the person in the process. So I think having that ability to have a lot of feedback ongoing is is going to get the best out of your people. Mm -hmm. and, you, and sometimes it takes a pretty big dose yeah. of courage to have that. So those are those are my biggest uh, work ethic is an obvious one. You know, that the traits yeah. that cannot be taught, you have to. That. And yeah, I can teach you the radio business or a 60 or a 30 or digital or, or whatever else that's, right. that's in the vernacular of our business. But I can't teach you to get out of bed in the morning and be motivated and have discipline and, and be someone that people like to work with. And yeah. that's that's a biggie. Yeah. You can't teach those innate talents. Right. You can help, you know, skills and experience and training and all of those things. But at the core, you need people with that. I love the, the list. Positivity, business thinking, courage, work ethic. Yeah, Really great ways to describe a strong leaders. And we have to have that today. I think so, too. And it's funny when yeah. you think about digital and some of the new things that are being added to our salespeople's list of things to sell. But 
Um, I never was one that really, a lot of people are good in sales, but not good at detail or focus. You know, they might be kind of a little flock of loose parts. Uh, but when it comes to digital, that's really requiring more analytical skills. And, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, mm -hmm. once you make the sale, the, the work really begins. So that's requiring a couple different traits that you typically wouldn't see in someone who can sell good radio yeah. advertising. A lot of radio, you sell the schedule, you turn in the production order and you leave and you go out and sell the <laughs> next thing. So the focus and attention to detail isn't quite firing or needing to fire like it would be for even someone in accounting as an example. But I think digital is changing that a little bit. So you'll see, I think more, uh, and we are seeing that more of the um, you know analytical person is able to do better I think in selling digital because there are so many different parts that go to it. It's not just being, you know, conceptually um, sell, you know, that, that person who can sell the idea and then leave it to someone else to execute. Yeah. Digital is not like that at all. It's no. really about detailed KPIs that can actually be achieved, you know, managing the campaign. That's a very mm -hmm. different, you still have to have, I think, you know, you've got to have the ability to talk to strangers and, work ethic and all of those things and know a good deal from a bad deal. But that analytic analytical piece is something that's just a little different, I think, for today's salesperson mm -hmm. versus um, someone who maybe sold 20 years ago. For sure it is. <laughs> so yeah. stay, for sure. So staying on that topic. So thinking about a sales leader and the things they need today, um, how has their role really changed over and being more analytical would be an example of that or yeah. the need to be that. Right. How has the role changed over the last three to five years versus today? Yeah, we've got uh, one sales manager in particular in my division that's just amazing at um, the digital piece of it. He's super supportive of it, really understands how to help teach salespeople how to sell digital nice. as an add-on or as a as the more important piece even of a campaign um, in addition to broadcast. So I think today's good sales manager, today's really good sales manager is going to have to understand that, that this is about a media mix and not just you know, peddling spots like the old days or doing a remote and come on down to the car dealership and get a free slice of pizza. It's, it's very, uh, I think it's far more complex than it used to be. And yeah. so the best sales managers will understand um, how to help. A, you know, I, I think of a salesperson goes out, they have the sales call, they come back with kind of a good list of needs and problems that they're trying to solve. And a good sales manager will say, well, here's what we should do. Uh, what if you did this and this and this, and they will actually help you know, kind of build the idea so the seller can go back and pitch it. And then pretty soon the salesperson goes, okay, I've done that several times. I know how to do that now. I don't need my sales manager as well. Uh, but sometimes you'll find sales managers who don't really embrace the the new world and the new products. And my gosh, mm -hmm. I heart, we have a huge portfolio of things way beyond advertising on, on the radio. So mm -hmm. if you don't understand podcasting or events or the ability to sell a campaign across any market into mm -hmm. anybody. I mean, you, you're no longer confined. Oh, I work in Tallahassee, Florida. I can only sell local customers here. And that's just not the case. I mean, if you're um, working for this company, you can sell anything to any anyone in any market. So it's, yeah. it's really kind of unlocked, I think, the value of the portfolio that iHeart has, 850 mm -hmm. stations, 150 <laughs> markets. And if you happen to have a great relationship with, you know, this, this manufacturer or something, you can sell an entire campaign company. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's just so different from, you know, here's I'm selling, you know, 
the Fox 96.9 or whatever. And this is my one station. So it's to understand the breadth of all of those offerings is uh, it's, yeah. it can be overwhelming because it's a lot of stuff. A lot of it's interesting one. Oh, go ahead, Matt. I'll come back. Well, I'm going to just follow up on that. And, and one of the big differences that you're pointing out is it used to be that we were a, a sales rep was inventory constrained right? Because all you have is commercials to sell. You have right. limited to the, what you play and geographically constrained. And now your, your inventory is not constrained because mm -hmm. you have so many products that, that you can sell, so many resources. And to your point that you can sell anywhere, it really does open up an opportunity for folks that are um, really results focused and want to help businesses grow their business. Right. It's an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably my favorite thing. I know this is not supposed to be a pitch for iHeart, but but it's pretty neat that you can, um, you know, it used to be when I would find a really great up and coming salesperson and I use Tallahassee as an ex a reason because or as an example, because I met someone there that I thought, wow, this guy is really outstanding. In the old days, I would have thought I got to get him out of here to a bigger market where he can make a bigger <laughs> impact and sell things with more zeros behind it. But now he, he doesn't have to move from Tallahassee. He can stay right there and sell these multi-market campaigns. And he, he doesn't have to move. I think that's really exciting because yeah. I started off in La Crosse, Wisconsin as a radio sales rep. You know, it was $10 spots. And the only way to, to, to really do better, and I loved living there, but I had to move to a bigger city. And then I moved from there to another big city. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, that will change radio, I think, as a whole, at least for some companies that have that ability to to sell across the whole company. But yeah. that's kind of neat. I think that's a pretty, pretty neat uh, point of differentiation. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And having all of those assets and all of those tools and resources, it just helps us serve the clients better and deliver right. better results. It's interesting that you use the word um complex, because that has been a theme in all of the podcasts that we've been doing recently. Almost every single sales leader has used the word, it's more complex than it's ever been, or it's some version of that. And it is, I mean, it, it for a lot of different reasons and a lot of the different things that we're describing. Um, but thinking about that, we know how much our industry has changed over the last handful mm -hmm. of years. You know, what do you think is going to be different in the next you know, three years, four years, five years, how do you see it continuing to evolve? Well, I think radio has always had an issue or, um, you know, the, the downside is that we've not been able to prove ROI. And I do think mm. attribution will yeah. will need to come. I mean, we're, we're, we've, it's come a long way already from right. where it used to be, where you're <laughs> just like, well, how many cars did you sell? I mean, that was our... <laughs> You know, our address did at the time. Yeah, either work, yeah. Or work. Sorry, yeah. it snowed that weekend. Okay, uh, but but I think that I think we've come a long way, and I think we will continue to to figure that out as an industry, and we have to because when people buy digital, they know that it achieved yeah. these KPIs or it didn't. And I think that's where, of course, you have to also set the right KPIs, and I think that's been interesting for me to figure out. Well, how do you? Who says that's a fair KPI? Who came up with that? Uh, so I think that's going to be part of it, too, for radio. Uh, we will have to set the right expectations at the front end of the schedule. And then how do you measure? How do you actually show that, you know, this customer heard this commercial and turned around and bought the widget, you know, within an action. hour or whatever? 
But yeah. I think attribution is going to, it's just going to have to be, um, you know, more refined. And I mm -hmm. think that will make it less complex because people will say, mm -hmm. oh, I know what I'm getting when I buy this. But right, right. now, I think it's still kind of, you yeah. know, they, they're praying that it works. Um, and I think too, you know, the complex piece we talked about, it's a, it's mm -hmm. a you know, the it's an uh, it's like your strength is always your weakness. The strength is we have all these cool things to sell. The weakness is it's unbelievable. We have all these cool things to sell. If you had to go out and play golf today and here's your bag of clubs you'd, and you'd never played before, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But well, here's all the these are all the clubs you'll ever need. Well, I don't you know, I don't know what to do. Yeah. What's what's the difference between a nine iron and a three iron? And I think that's um, that's an education, but I think that's also a pain point. It's it's cool to have all of this stuff, but where do you begin? And there's also then more chances for things to go wrong. If, if you've got a multi-pronged yeah. pitch, uh, it's not like you just sold a schedule for five grand. You ran the 20 spots and a story like it used to be. That's right. Now it's like, oh gosh, you've got all these moving parts. We've got an event, we've got podcasting, we've got commercials, we've got, you know, display and it gets to be. Yeah, but that that just holds true to the point of uh, the importance of having the right sales leaders that understand all of that and can right. really simplify it for the team. Right. You and know, we have to do it. It all has to get done. Right. But we've got to have leaders that can really help with the messaging and setting the right expectations and in managing the complexities of our business right. today. Yeah. Matt, any final yeah. thoughts you want to add or questions? Yeah. Um, let me let me wrap it up like this. I, I always like to, at the end of the podcast, think about some of the key takeaways um, that at least that I had as I was taking notes. Uh, I, I think you, when Kim, when you pointed out the importance of the developmental business versus transactional business, albeit super hard to, to, to really quantify that, but I'm confident to figure it out. But when you can build trust and be that sustaining resource versus just make a transaction, I think that that's that's really, really important. I mean, that could be an entire podcast just on, on that subject. And then the, the other thing that you said that I wrote down and, you know, we all have the three of us certainly all feel this way. Talent is will always be always, always, always the most important thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I think those two things and, and we've known each other a long time. I know those things to be your truth. Right. I mean, those, those two things are your are your truth. And I and I just can't thank you enough for taking your time. I know you got a lot of things going on, um, taking your time to join us. It means a lot that you did. Um, I thought the information you shared was fantastic. If anyone listening wants to connect with Kim, we will put her LinkedIn information in the right. show notes so they can reach out to you. I'm sure that's okay with you. I know you like that. And, especially um, if you're really talented. Especially <laughs> if you're really talented. I'm really kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you everyone for listening. We look forward to uh, having you on our next podcast for uh, helping everyone improve sales performance. Thanks guys. This has been Improving Sales Performance. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, join us every week by clicking that subscribe button. For more on the topics covered in the show, visit our website, thecenterforsalesstrategy.com. There you can find helpful resources and content aimed at improving your sales performance. And if you'd like to connect with any of us, including today's guests, please do. You can find our contact information in the show notes. Until next time, get out there and sell.